Hey friends, welcome to Dancing in the Kitchen podcast. I'm your host, Debbie Stovacek. This podcast is about coming back to what makes you hungry for happiness, what feeds your soul. It's about remembering the crazy stories that got us where we are, the things we want to tell our younger self so we don't get lost along the way. It's about our favorite meals and the memories, the senses, the tastes, and maybe even the meals we'd rather forget but are etched in our minds anyway. I created this podcast because I had lost myself until one day I found myself blasting the music while I was cooking and dancing around the kitchen. These are things I love to do, but I stopped doing them for some reason. Maybe by sharing my stories and those of my friends at the table, it will help you uncover yourself too. I hope this podcast brings you joy, nourishment, and maybe a laugh or two along the way. So ready or not, let's get started. Welcome back, friends. Are you having as much fun dancing in the kitchen as I am? This has been such a blast, taking trips down memory lane through our friends' stories and learning what stirs our souls and makes us hungry for happiness. Are you remembering your favorite meals and what kind of music you listened to back in the day? Have you thought about a certain smell that reminds you of someone or something or somewhere special? You know, before we go any further, I have to apologize to my big sis for using that Swedish meatball story so much, but sorry, that is definitely something etched in my mind. I'm so glad she grew up and has such a creative flair for feeding her friends and family with such delicious meals. And I love how she is always such a great hostess. It's one of her gifts for sure. Are you finding inspiration to rediscover something you've set aside for a while and realize it's time to let it shine again? Or maybe there's something you've always done, but took it for granted, not thinking it was your special gift or talent. So many people don't realize that by using our talents, we are actually giving a gift to others by inspiring them to find their gifts and what lights them up. I've said this before, but we truly are called to share our gifts. It's our responsibility. Well, speaking of inspiration, and since the month of March is International Women's Month, we're going to meet some amazing, inspirational, international women that will make you dance for sure. So let's get started. In today's episode, you will meet my friend, the beautiful and multi-talented Vanessa McMahon. Vanessa is a professional dancer and actress living in New York City who hails from Kansas City and literally loves to dance in her kitchen. I love watching her Instagram reels and feeling the joy she sends out by sharing her love of food and dance in her kitchen. You will hear about her family's Mexican heritage, and the memories she shares from her childhood, how she got started dancing at such a young age, her time as a Radio City Rocket, how cool is that? And how she's transitioned into acting and teaching and coaching. She does this with other women who have also lost what they used to love doing and help them to rediscover that. This was such a fun conversation. So let's kick it up and I step right in. Sorry, let's get started. 
Hello, Vanessa. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I am doing wonderful. I'm so happy you're here because I don't know, I've said this before. I'm so excited that you're here because you being a dancer, this is perfect. So, um, so today we have Vanessa. I had already introduced you guys and I just would like for you to meet her. She's beautiful. She's an actress. She's a dancer. Um, but Vanessa, go ahead and tell us about yourself. Where have you been and where you're at? Well, I currently live in New York City. Uh, I've been here for since 2014. And then before that, I was touring around and traveling, uh, performing. Um, but I'm originally from Kansas City, Missouri. And I grew up dancing, um, you know, in Kansas City. And then I went to this college for dance and kind of made my way towards the East Coast and worked at Disneyland, Disney World and um, made my way up to New York eventually. And um, just started, you know, winging it, auditioning, um, you know, just like we all say, like, just, just throw yourself into the, <laughs> the pot and, you know, wing it. And that's kind of what I did. Um, I had, you know, my training and everything. So I wasn't really technically winging it, but I, um, you know, I hadn't graduated yet. I stopped going to school for, to perform and, to work. Um, and then I eventually went back to school and got my degree um, in performing arts. And uh, yeah, it's just been kind of a roller coaster ride. <clears throat> and um, here I am in midlife and still dancing and, and still performing and doing all the things. And I've kind of just, you know, found my way, found other things that I really love to do. I started studying acting after I got um, an injury uh, with dancing. And um, I fell in love with act, straight acting and um, kind of moved over into the television and film and commercial world, which was great. And, um, but you know, there's something about dancing that just always kind of like brings me back in. It's like in my soul, it's in my, you know, it's, right. it's deep down in there. I even have my shirt on today. Hooray for, dan <laughs> Hooray for dancing. <laughs> you guys can't see it, but she's got a t-shirt. It says Hooray for dancing. So that my, that my great friend, um, fellow Rockette, Amanda Klutz, it's her company, Hooray for, um, her husband. I don't know if you heard, but she, he was one of the people who unfortunately, uh, passed away from COVID, um, a oh. few months ago or during the summer. But um, she's one of those people who really kind of celebrates life and celebrates all the good things that we have going. And um, she was just a beacon of joy and hope and light in the world. And um, I wanted to get this T-shirt to support her, um, you know, her her mission. And it's something that I believe in too. You know, we gotta really stick to these things that bring us joy and hope in life, and that's how we get through. Absolutely. Absolutely. How old were you when you started dancing? I was only three or four years old. My mom put me in ballet. Wow. Um, so yeah, I think I had <laughs> probably <laughs> way too much energy as, as an only child running recklessly throughout the house. Um, I think she was like, okay, we need to put you in a, somewhere to release this energy. <laughs> Uh, so I started doing ballet really young and then I took a break from it. I actually, I, I, I was really competitive. I love sports. Mm -hmm. And so I, in, in grade school, I actually 
stopped dancing for a while and just did um, sports because that was really what I felt like, you know, I wanted to do at that point. And then I went back to it later on in middle school and high school. Nice. Nice. So a rockette. I mean, how that's so cool. (laughs) How did you um, come upon that? How did you get into that? Well, uh, I'd always seen the Rockettes on the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it wasn't something in my mind that I that I thought, oh, I, I see that and I really, really want to do that. Um, you know, it was just something that I knew was a audition that came around every year. Okay. And um, actually, one of my a director that I worked with in a show I was doing Oklahoma at the Regal Players Theater in Waltham, Massachusetts, which is not far from here. Um, The director, um, Eileen Grace, she was one of the directors of the outside touring companies of the Radio City Christmas Spectacular. Mm -hmm. And I remember really just uh, being inspired by her. And she came up to me and she said, you know, have you auditioned for the Radio City Rockettes before? And I said, no, I haven't. Um, She's like, you really... I think you should, you have a lot of great qualities that they look for and potential. So she kind of inspired me to do it. And then after I, you know, watched them live, I was just astounded. Right. <laughs> and kind of like taken aback and, and just thought, oh my God, you know, this is, this, this is an amazing opportunity. And so I kept going every year, every year, year after year, I would show up and it took me, you know, for for the fourth time, I think the fifth time I got uh, the job finally. So wow. it doesn't happen right away. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you got to keep showing up and you got to be consistent and don't give up on that. That's that's great. Yeah. That's great. So is there anything um, you mentioned? You've kind of transitioned a little more into acting, and that's kind of um, kind of stirred your soul up a little bit too. So um, can you tell us? what you've, what you've done in that? Are you in TV, movies, commercials? What, what's going on with that? Yeah, I, so I really was, was brought about by, you know, the injury that I had and kind of my fear of like, oh my gosh, I can't, if I can't dance anymore, what am I going to do? And I kind of like, I always had wanted to study acting more seriously than I had in college. Mm -hmm. As a dance major, we only took, you know, one or two acting classes. So um, I really wanted to explore that deeper. And uh, there's just so many other things that, you know, I I felt like, you know, I really wanted to do. And so I promised myself in this dark moment of like not being able to move, okay. you know, for 15 months of physical therapy that I would do something after that, that would bring me joy and something that I've always wanted to do. And maybe it, maybe it, you know, I didn't know if I would like it or not, actually, at the time, I just knew I had a desire to do it. Mm-hmm. So um, I went and did that. And for two years, I studied. And um, I've been on a couple TV shows. Uh, uh, <laughs> I've done a couple Discovery ID shows. I um, have done com- several commercials for Spotify. Um, out here on the East Coast, there's a there's a a furniture store, Bob's Discount Furniture, with the little Bob puppet. Yeah, a pretty uh, funny one. Um, I've done an Apple commercial, um, so all pharmaceutical, all times, all types of stuff, and voiceover work too. 
Um, it's just another way to kind of supplement the, I, I still dance and I still audition and, and love to dance. It just is another way to supplement, um, what I'm doing. And it kind of makes me, um, not so fearful of like, oh my gosh, if my body gives out, you know, what, what, what am I going to do? Right. So, um, yeah, it's just an, it's another, uh, thing that makes you, you know, an artist in a way. Right. Yeah. Well, that's so cool. That is so cool. So I'm sure if you're on the set, they've got food out, right? Do they? <laughs> How's it? Okay. How do you transition from acting into food here? So we're Craft trying to. Services. Yes. <laughs> so, um, all right. So what is your favorite food? I know this is all about food and music and what you like to do and what stirs your soul and makes you hungry for happiness, all those good things. Um, so let's just jump right into that. What's your favorite food? Well, that's, that's, a, I love food. <laughs> um, I, I think my family would be like, oh, you didn't eat a lot growing up, but I, I just, I don't know. I like all kinds of different foods, but I grew up, so my mom is Mexican. So um, my parents were divorced when I was young. And so I grew up with her, my mom and her fam, her side of the family. So I kind of grew up in my parents, grandparents home mm-hmm. and Mexican food was always cooking like homemade Mexican food. So I, I would say that my favorite food to eat is like homemade, the way my grandma used to make the tacos, the tacos mm-hmm. that she made, she made a special recipe um, with potatoes. And it's going to sound weird to, I think, traditional Mexican food, but peas and to potatoes and meat. And um, she would actually like, it's not healthy. She would actually fry the tortillas in the actual oil uh-huh. you know, the pan. And so she's there flipping it was just it it was amazing and of course the whole house smelled like smoke and (laughs) oil taco oil but it was so delicious and and it was also one of those things where like everybody would come over for for my grandma made tacos you know everybody would come over so it was like family cousins you never knew who was going to show up at our house and I loved it because there was always a bunch of people around all the time, which I just loved as a kid because I was an only child. Yeah. So I just love the fact that, you know, a full house and like food everywhere, you know? Yeah. We lived in um, Albuquerque in New Mexico for a few years when I was little. And so we would go to, you know, like the state fair and different events and whatnot, and just to watch them hand make those tortillas. Yeah. And the, um, tamales and all the different, you know, Mexican food. It was always so good. So we grew up with a lot of that too. So wonderful. Um, yeah. So is there a meal? So you're talking about, <clears throat> gosh, I don't know. I'm losing my voice today. <laughs> um, talking about a meal that maybe you're just never going to forget. It's a good meal. It's a bad meal. It's um, you know, where, where were you? Who was there? Those kinds of things. Um. Wow. That's a really hard one. I think I think this goes back to high school. I was in junior year, sophomore year. There's there's two different scenarios that I could think of. One is being in high school and my my high school sweetheart at the time, his aunt was Italian and she made these like stuffed artichokes that uh, were like off the charts, amazing, like breaded, breaded artichokes. Some of them had shrimp in them. It was amazing. Um, and we were at the lake so it was like summertime and like we were on their boat and so it was like you know 
really casual, like, like not fancy at all. We're like, you know, on the lake in the summertime, his whole family was there. So again, it like centered around this like feeling of like family Mm -hmm. um, and just like, you know, yummy, yummy food, finger foods, you know, that artichoke leaves, you pull them off and um, and then the other, the other time I can think of is a little bit fancier. I was visiting, um, I was on vacation right after I did right radio city rocket season. Um, I took a vacation to St. Bart's which is amazing, fancy <laughs> that I probably will never go back to, <laughs> but I remembered the food there, every single restaurant that we went to, the food is to die for. It's actually mm. one of the most, um, the, the the food in the restaurant scene there is one of the top in the world. It's nice. Every it seemed like every restaurant that we went to it was just such a unique. I don't even remember what I ate. I just remember like it was unique to the to the island and unique to that restaurant, mm-hmm. and um, it just was amazing. And even though everything was kind of higher end and so expensive, the people were so kind and mm-hmm. so nice, and nothing was pretentious or anything like that. It was just really like of service, like of service to like the visitors and the people and the island was like very friendly. So I remember all of these things kind of combining as like a wonderful memory. Yeah. Wow. That sounds so amazing. It's so interesting how you can go to a dive restaurant, you know, some dive bar or little greasy spoon kind of restaurant. Mm-hmm. And if the service is good and the it's that whole experience, you know, of going to a restaurant and being around the people and just eating in um, an atmosphere that's unique to that area or to yeah. that region, you know, and my daughter is living in New York right now. She's in Brooklyn and um, she's vegan, so she's in heaven because she has lots of options. Whereas here in Ohio, there's not a whole lot. <laughs> um, but so, is there a restaurant? You know, in New York, you've got everything at your um, access, I guess. Right. Is there a particular restaurant that's your favorite that you like to go the most? Or yes, definitely. My one of my best friends is from Kansas City as well, and she lives in New York. Um, and she introduced me to this restaurant a long time ago and they closed it for a while and then they reopened it again, but it's called Pastis. It's like this French, um, I would say it's a little bit, I guess, more on the higher end, but it's not, you know, it's not Mm -hmm. crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nothing's really cheap here in New York. So, So, uh, yeah, it's in the meatpacking district. It's a French place. And again, the people are so nice. Like you, you just expect, I guess, certain things when you hear like something's expensive or you hear, you know, this is a higher end restaurant with delicious food, I guess, you know, um, in the, in the past I've had these like on movies and stuff, they're always like, Oh, these like really snotty people that are pretentiousness. (laughs) Not less. It's just like, not like that at all. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe there are restaurants like that here. I really don't, I haven't experienced any, but it was just, um, the nicest wait staff, the nicest, you know, hosts, um, and the food is just yummy. It's just very simple and ingre- ingredients, mm-hmm. um, traditional French, French type of food, nice. um, like croque madame is one of my favorite things. Um, they have steak frites, which is just so delicious. Uh, their fries are amazing. It's just, there's just like, 
their their coffee. This is like things that you go to when you crave something specific. You can know you can you can go there and just have right. your coffee and your cappuccino and read a book or you know get your plate of fries with mayo. The, the mm-hmm. way. Um, <laughs> I just love it. And they have this like outdoor seating on the on the streets that are um, cobblestone. Mm-hmm. So it's just a really nice atmosphere and environment to just sit and like you know have a nice lunch. Cool. Yeah. So is there anything that you just cannot eat? There's no way, doesn't matter where you're at or who you're with, you're just not eating it. Like for me, I've said this before. Um, well, I won't use that story because <laughs> it was these Swedish meatballs that my sister made when we were kids, but, yeah. and I'm just like, ah. but the other thing I can't eat um, are mushrooms. I just, I don't know what oh. it is. I just can't yeah. eat mushrooms. Yeah. Not even truffle, like truffle mushrooms. Now that, truffle if it's like a truffle oil or something yeah. like that, but just a flat out mushroom. No. You know, I don't think there's much that I wouldn't eat or at least wouldn't try. If it's going to be like a bug or something, like a cockroach, probably not going to eat that. Like, I don't care. I just cannot eat bugs. Um, you know, like some some of these delicacies are, you know, every every country is different. And so they've got these like crazy, you know, ants or maggot thing. I'd like, I can't, I just can't do it. <laughs> No, um, I'm not think, doing that either. I think there's one thing there. You might know this is Swedish. It's like, I can't, I can't remember the name of it, but it's like some can that they, that they have. And it's like, it smells really bad, but like people eat it and like you open it after so many years or something, Oh, eat it and they get sick. It's like, it's like a thing there. I'm like, I will never do that. You can pay me as much money as you feel like, no, I'm not. Yeah, I know what you're talking about and I'm drawing a blank on the name. It's kind of like spam or something, but it's not that it's It's in a can. And then like people film themselves just even opening the can and the second they even get a whiff of what's inside they like pass out like they can't <laughs> eat it. but people eat it yeah oh, and no. it's it's funny that you say that about the smell and and you're getting that awful whiff it's like why would you want to eat something that smells bad but like is there a certain scent or smell that reminds you of a certain time or a person or a place in your life that um, kind of has stuck with you Oh, I would say, I mean, that taco smell cannot get out of my head. Like every time I think of that, I just think of my grandma's house or like the tamales, Uh my aunts and my mom and um, some of my cousins like making tamales from scratch. Mm -hmm. There's that scent of like the masa that they are mixing together, Mm -hmm. like corn. It's like, it's, it's, it's corn essentially. Um, That smell is like very, just like brings me back to you know my grandparents house when I was little mm-hmm. um, even like tortillas like I still I still don't do this at home but I still um we had fire fire stoves like gas stoves and so we would my grandma would do this she would just put the tortilla on the fire mm-hmm. kind of like flip it over and over again until it warmed it and got a little toasty toasted a little bit mm-hmm. and then she would give it to us you know with our eggs or whatever ch- ch- chorizo chorizo mm-hmm. however you want to say it um <laughs> I always feel bad because I'm like I should say it the correct way chorizo, chorizo. Um, is delicious and so we would wrap that in the tortilla mm-hmm. um but yeah so those those kind of smells 
bring me back to that. And I still, I have a gas stove here and I still do that. Although I wouldn't try that at home because you could start a fire. <laughs> Better to put it on the pan and do it, but it's not the same thing. Right. I remember, I think my mom did that once before too. So you gotta be careful. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know, I guess another thing too, that, that kind of sticks in your memory is music, you know, like I can think back of when we lived in Albuquerque and, and back then it was the seventies. <laughs> so, I mean, every time I hear those kinds of songs, it takes me back yeah. to Albuquerque and that, you know, that whole Mexican food and that era of music. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what's your favorite kind of music? What, what is your, oh, that's so hard. I, I really like all kinds of music and it depends on my mood too. Uh-huh. Um, but one thing that I always listen to and will always put me in a good mood is eighties music. Yeah. That's kind of nostalgic for me. That was the time that I was growing up. Uh-huh. I would listen to Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson and Madonna and all these people were also very influential in the dance world as well. So that combination of uh, being a performer and uh, a music artist, but also a dancer, it was just, that was the thing back then. It was huge. And so you have all of this great, these great musicians and artists. And I just feel like, God, are we ever going to have that again? You know, I, I, I don't know. Not that, not that eighties music was like the end all be all, you know, that's not really the greatest generation of music, but to me, mm-hmm. it really kind of was, I love the seventies too. I love um, the disco era. I think just listening to like classic seventies really takes me back to like being in my mom's car. My mom had a Camaro. Mm. Um, she was like 23 when she had me. So, you know, I'm a seven-year-old riding around in a Camaro. Like, <laughs> my mom is like the coolest thing ever, you know, my mom and my aunt. Uh-huh. And the music that we would listen to would be like 70s stuff, like mm-hmm. uh, Donna Summer and um, Linda Ronstadt, Sade, Crystal Gale, Right. Um, all of these like amazing, uh, boss gags, like all these like great classic seventies and eighties music and mm-hmm. that pointer sisters. And it just stuck with me. And that brings me back to like being in the car with the T-tops open. Remember? Yeah. Oh yeah. I remember those. Cause like <laughs> yeah. I graduated high school in the eighties in the early eighties. So, um, eighties is my favorite decade for music. It's, you know, everybody knows it. And, um, but for me, the eighties music wasn't the normal mainstream that everybody else was listening to. Yeah. I was more in the alternative and the new wave and, um, you know, a lot of that different kind of stuff, but I definitely remember the T-tops and, um, you know, seeing the kids in the high school parking lot with their T-tops and whose was, you know, had the better Camaro or was that, <laughs> what was that other one? Oh, the Trans Am, a Trans Am or yeah. Camaro. Yep. <laughs> And they blast their music, you know, so loud. So funny. Oh, that's funny. What are the last five songs that you've listened to? Well, I taught a class today, dance class. So let's see. I listened to the Skylar Sisters song from Hamilton. Oh. Let's see. What else did we listen to? Um, A lot of musical theater stuff. I really like old Hollywood music. What did I have on yesterday? I had on a playlist. Um, I love Marilyn Monroe and I love old movies. So Mm -hmm. a lot of Frank Sinatra, 
um, Fred Astaire, uh, yeah, like all those, uh, that whole time is for me to another like music and dance combined like world. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think what the last five songs were though. Um, probably an 80s song in there somewhere. <laughs> you know what I can do? I can look on my Spotify. Wait, hang on. <laughs> Let me like, cause now I'm curious. Um, ah, Dion Warwick. <laughs> oh, there you go. Dionne Warwick, I listened to, um, where is this? I love Dionne Warwick. Um, and she's recently been getting like, uh, some, some, um, recognition in the, in the Twitter on Twitter or whatever. Oh, funny. Um, oh, Coldplay. I listened to a song by Coldplay called something just like this. Oh yeah. One of my favorites. Shut up and dance. Walk the moon. Walk the moon. Yep. I love them. Um, ah, and uh, um, groove me, King King Floyd. Do you know that song? I might uh, if I heard it. Yeah, you probably know it. And I love. Um, uh, what's his name? Oh my gosh, I don't know why it's it's leaving me right now. Um, Hold on, I'm gonna think of it. Um, just who's who's the guy that sings "Just the Two of Us"? Just the two of us. We oh. can make it every. The, um, it's not. Oh my gosh! <laughs> now you got me. Like I, I hate when that happens. It's like at the tip of your tongue, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, who is this?" I hate anyway, when that happens. Yeah, I can't think of it right now. But um, I was just listening to his whole album the other day. I can't believe I can't think of it. It's like really. Oh, Bill Withers. Bill Withers. Yeah. So, well, that's fun. That's fun. I'm all over the place with music. Same here. Same here. So before we get to the last question, because I feel like I could sit here and talk with you all day. (laughs) Um, (laughs) This time goes by so fast. Um, What else? um, What else is going on with you? I mean, you know, you've talked about you were um, dancing since you were three, you've been on Broadway, you've been in TV, you've been on commercials, you've done some acting, um, went from Kansas city into New York. Um, what else do you have going on? Were there any other, um, programs you mentioned you were teaching a class earlier today. So what, tell me a little bit about that. So I started during the, during the pandemic, I started teaching online and um, I've just kind of gotten to know different dancers across the country. And um, I just did a birthday party event for one of my um, students who was turning 12. So we did a fun birthday party um, event for her. But I've also been connecting with a lot of college age students. I'm actually a mentor for my alma mater, um, Oklahoma City University. Nice. That, that I have a dance program. And so I mentor for their seniors. And, you know, it's something that I really love to do and I hope to still continue to do in the future. Um, and, you know, that's that's one of the things that I kind of came into the, the group where I met you and the entrepreneur group made to do this and how I had this passion for like creating these programs for these up and coming artists who wanted to come to New York City mm-hmm. and wanted to learn how to begin their career. Because really, when I came here, nobody nobody really told me anything. I had learned what I learned in college. Right. But I learned the tools 
um, but I didn't really learn how to implement them. And nobody told me what to do when I got here. They right. didn't tell me where to go, where to live, where to, you know, what studios I should be contacting or agents. I knew nothing about agents. I didn't know how to contact an agent. I didn't know any of those uh, business side things that I really could have benefited me a lot. Right. So I thought of, you know, working to create a program for them. But then as we're doing the program, I had all of these wonderful women who are in middle age as well saying, mm -hmm. well, hey, you know, can you teach me how to dance? Can you teach me a dance class? Because they knew my background, even though I was coaching pre-professionals, they knew my background and they were like, wow, I'd loved, I would love to take a class with you. And I thought, well, dance is for everybody, you know? Yeah, absolutely. For everybody. And this is great. Of course, I, you know, I never really thought about specifically offering something for maybe people who used to dance in their life. They used to love to dance. And for whatever reason, life takes over, right? And we kind of give up on the things that once brought us joy, whether it's music or dance, um, singing, you know, instruments. And so why not help them reconnect with something that they loved to do that they sort of gave up on for whatever reason. Right. And so that's really where I'm focused now. Of course, I still mentor, uh, you know, uh, up and coming artists, but I also want to be there for this community of women and to help them bring more joy and bring back some of that love for dance in their life. Yeah, I'm working on a membership now um, that's also going to have some fun Broadway surprises in it. Oh, because cool. Who doesn't love Broadway? I feel like all dancers love Broadway, no matter what your age. Right. Um, so, so yeah, I'm working on that. It's going to be launched hopefully by the spring. Good. And um, yeah, I would. I hope to continue teaching the, the classes and having some guest teachers on, and um, also doing some you know, just daily movement just to get going. It's all dance based, but it's nothing. It's not about technique. It's not about doing it right. It's just about letting your body move the way it wants to move and needs to move and loving that feeling and, and just being in the moment with that. That is awesome. That's so cool. That sounds like so much fun too. And I, I know I watch your Instagram and I love watching you um, with your reels and you're dancing in your kitchen. Yep. <laughs> so of course, the last question, what makes you dance in the kitchen? I don't know what it is, but I feel like, well, first of all, my apartment is tiny and my kitchen is like just this like long kind of like a railroad hallway kitchen. Mm -hmm. and so it's actually like the perfect height. Like my counter is the perfect height of like a ballet bar. So I started like doing ballet class and I would do, I would watch like finest young's ballet class on Instagram and Tyler Peck. Like I would just log on and like, they'd be doing a class and I'd be like, I'm just going to join in right now. And so I'm <laughs> in literally in the middle of like cooking breakfast or cooking whatever I'm cooking. Uh -huh. and I'm like, well, I'm just going to start doing this classes now. I can't wait. It's live. It's, it's on now. Yeah. So it was just like, it just happened to be that I was there and um was kind of like a perfect fit for you know the the, the ballet bar was like you know it's, I've got my counter I just right. got to put my leg up there you know so it kind of stemmed from that but also my kitchen has that flooring that's kind of like um like a concrete sort of flooring which mm -hmm. is probably not the best to dance on 
but it's slippery. It's like nice. Cause when I have my socks on and I'm doing my ballet, my feet kind of slide across the floor easier than it does on the rug here in the living room. Right. So it was just really about like the makeup of the kitchen and how <laughs> there's things to hold on to, right. You can just reach for a glass of water. You, can, you got your food right here. You know, it just, for me, it was just like, Oh, I'm just going to make this work and I'm not going to try to be perfect at it. I'm just going to do it. This class is now. I might be busy doing something else, but I'm going to try to exercise too at the same time. Right. You got to seize the moment. Yeah. And then with the reels, I just, I thought like I would get just excited to like, obviously, um, you know, if I accomplish something for the day, I needed to fuel myself afterwards. Cause a lot of the times I'm exhausted after teaching and I just want to prepare something to eat. And, um, I'd still be in that mode of like, oh, I'm, I, you know, I'm still like in dance mode, right. Of moving around. And so in the middle of like doing, making whatever I'm making, I would start filming something to a song that I just, you know, was just dancing to. So that kind of just rolled into one another as well. So. Right. How fun. How fun. <laughs> this has been so much fun. I'm, I'm so glad we had a chance to, to, um, sit down and talk and get to know each other better and, and share your stories uh, with our friends here. And so where can our listeners find you? You know, we mentioned Instagram, so uh, we know you're there. (laughs) If you could just let us know, where can our friends find you? Yeah, sure. Uh, My Instagram is the T-H-E, the Vanessa McMahon. Um, And my last name is M-C-M-A-H-A-N. Okay. And they can also find me on my website, which is my, my name, Vanessa McMahon.com. Right. Um, I'm on Facebook. I have a profile, just a regular profile page. And I also have a business page called um, Vanessa McMahon performer. And within that group or page, I have a group called um, groove is in the heart. Right. And that's really what I created for the women that, um, you know, or, or anybody of any age who want to connect to, um, back to their joy of dancing in not, not any way that's a technique or a, um, right way to do it, but just to connect with the joy of dancing again. So that's called groove is in the heart. And, um, yeah, you can just request to join and answer the questions and I'll approve you. And that's a good community, an ongoing community. And I kind of offer, I offer my community, um, things that first like they're 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 usually the first to know about any offerings that I have coming up right yeah so that's so fun again thank you so much for your time and for being here and sharing your stories and uh, you have a great day thank you for having me this is so much fun thanks (laughs) okay bye Hooray for dancing. That was fun. You guys, thank you again so much for joining us and listening today. It means the world to know that by sharing our stories, we can make a difference in other friends' lives through talking about our favorite foods, favorite music, and where we've been and what lights us up. I would love to see what you're up to as well. Don't forget to check out the Facebook group, Dancing in the Kitchen Podcast, and introduce yourself. We're having a lot of fun over there, too. Shoot me a DM there if you or someone you know would like to join me on the dance floor in my kitchen, which, as you know, is this podcast, 
or if you have any questions. Friends, could you also do me a favor and please subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. It really helps to get the word out to make a difference. I hope you leave today inspired and ready to find what makes you hungry for happiness. So again, please subscribe and join me on the dance floor in your kitchen or wherever it is you find joy. Until next time, keep dancing in the kitchen.